Now, like I had said, I did prepare a message, and I, and I decided I want to put it off to next week when we're all back together and leverage this time to do something unique and special. When you were all here last at the Christmas Eve candlelight service, I sent home devotionals that we could take with us and do on Sunday mornings with our families. And uh, perhaps you had time to go through it, and perhaps you didn't. Uh, and uh, whether you did or didn't, we're going to go through a modified version today. And I've got uh, our teaching staff here today. I've got Jake's here. Jason's here who are on our teaching staff. Ryan teaches in youth ministry. Donette teaches with our preschool. And so I'm going to invite them to come on up to the stage. We've got some unique questions. Now, this is how you can participate uh, so we can all be doing this as a church at home. Whether you're streaming on Facebook or whether you're streaming on the website, they both have a comment section. Now, if you're on the website, I want to tell you this. You want to click the Vimeo button on the bottom right corner. That'll take you to Vimeo's site, and you can see the chat box there. What you can do, whether you're, and if you're on Facebook, you're set. I think the chat box is it's, it's right at the bottom of, of, of here. You can jump on there. As I'm at, uh, asking these questions, I would encourage you, if you have something that you want to answer to it, put it in there in the comments, uh, and uh, we'll be going through this together. So I'm excited. We've, we're all here. So uh, welcome, uh, gentlemen's and lady, <laughs> as balanced as we could. So um, <clears throat> uh, I want to open up with a, a question for us all. Complete the sentence, teaching staff. I will remember 2022 as the year that... I moved to a new house. That was exciting for us. That, that was a long hunt, was it not? It was a very long hunt. We looked for five years before we found something that was suited all the needs. So it was a big surprise for us. That's great. Craig's back there. I can see a smile on his face from here. Craig got his, his fantasy shop, so yes, that is a big smile on his face. Every man needs a good shop at home. Well done. Um, I would say 2022 is the year that I um, always remember is the year I answered God's call. And um, yeah, just listen to what he was telling me to do. So, And, and taking on youth ministry stuff. And on a personal level, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Ryan, what do you feel like when you answered the call? How do you describe that? What did that look like to someone who maybe hasn't experienced that or is wondering right now, like, what does it look like to answer God's call? What was the process like for you? Uh, letting go. Letting go of control of thinking, you know, there's no way I have time for this. There's no way I could do that. So it's... It's letting go of control and trusting that God has, has everything under control. Cool. I have a hard time letting go of control. I'm curious. You've had a year now of no control. <laughs> how, has <it> been, <laughs> how has it been doing God's will? Um, it's been rewarding. It's been challenging. So um, it's led to a lot of lessons, a lot of learning for sure. But... Um, yeah, it's hard, really, to let go. So I'm a very controlling person. I fix things. It's what I do. There's a problem. I fix it. There's, and it's, it's different. It's not something I can fix, control. It's a lot of just straight relying on the Holy Spirit. To, what are we doing today? Because I got nothing. So, <laughs> like when the pipes break at church, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think answering God's call, he doesn't always call us into an area that is like, you feel super confident, like, I got this. He always leaves room for himself and faith. The element of, a lot of times, it's the other. It's like, are you serious, God? Are you sure about this? And then he gives you what you need when you need it, you know, to accomplish his, his timing, his will. I, I put down for the sentence, Sam, uh, I'll, I will remember 2022 as the year that brought, like, focus to some of my life's purposes, um, whether it was my faith, my marriage, my family, or even my job, I feel like 2022 was a year of just kind of focusing in on things that are are kind of important and prioritizing how to give my best, you know, how to focus my strength and energy. When I look back, I think, wow, that's, certain things have continued, certain things have ended in 2022 that has helped me have more time for other things that are important to me. So this, are you saying this year then was a particularly big catalyst into that endeavor? I'd say decisions were made based on time. I think because time is like one of our most valuable commodities. And I had to make decisions this last year that gave me more time for things that I prioritize, that I value. So it was, a, it was an exercise of yes and no. If I say yes to this, then I'm going to be saying no to other things. I had to determine what do I want to say yes to first, then I can say no to things that don't line up with that purpose or focus that I really want to be about. That's how I would explain it. And no, I don't say no very well. I was curious about the no. I had I to learn say, how to say no. Okay, my wife can say it for me really well. Because <laughs> I, I think for people that fight, like for me as well, saying no is you feel the guilt when you say no. And I'm curious, what the, this, this year, 2020, if you said no more than in previous years, how do you handle that? If your priorities are good, right, if I understand, like, the things God wants me to focus on, saying no is actually, uh, there's freedom. Because I realize I'm actually saying yes to my faith, my family. I'm saying yes to things that I I'm really value, that I really value. So usually saying no, there's a relational like regret. It's like, I wish I could help. There's a lot of good things. And I think um, the word busy, the, an acronym for busy is buried under Satan's yoke. <laughs> and I, I, have, uh, I have followed that. Busyness doesn't necessarily mean godliness or doing what's godly. So there's a lot of good stuff out there. But I think this last year I've been able to focus on certain things like that. I can say I totally relate to that, having said no to a couple things this year. And I found that when I said no with my positive reasoning in the background, the responses I got from others were like, oh, that's a really great thing that you're doing. Even though you're letting go of something, you're doing it for a purpose. And I was surprised at how many positive responses I got. And I didn't feel guilty then. I didn't think of it that way, that... To say, to say no is to say yes, and to say yes is to say no, in a sense. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you say yes to giving your Saturdays to this thing. You say no to Saturdays to everything else. That's interesting. So you might have been saying no for a long time by saying too many yeses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. 
Well, as far as what I'll remember this year for is it's the year my daughter was born. So I've kind of got a really easy answer to that one. Um, so yeah, the year that my that my second child, my daughter was born, a year of watching my son adjust to that. Um, and he did a really great job uh, adjusting to his sister. He loves her and protects her like crazy. He was very mad at us for a while <laughs> because it wasn't her fault we weren't giving him attention. It was our fault, you know. Uh, but that was, uh, that was a, I think, a big part of this year. Obviously, it was the biggest part of this year was having, having a daughter. And then uh, we also, we had a big move um, that we it was something that we had wanted, that we had been praying for, uh, the opportunity to move out and have more space uh, to, you know, raise more of our own livestock, that kind of stuff. It was something that we wanted, uh, and and we were praying about it. And it, it was funny. I was telling Alex yesterday we were in the car uh, the beginning of the year on a date that we finally got, you know, uh, a date after having our daughter in February. So it was probably a month or so after. And uh, we were both talking about how much we wanted that change, but that we, we finally like let it out that when we've been praying about it, we feel like God's saying it's happening soon, which was hard to say that because you're, you're kind of saying, hey, I'm hearing this from God, so if it doesn't, <laughs> you know, then, you know, um, and, uh, and we both just felt that, you know, it was really, really weird. And then just like blindside, everything shifted and all of a sudden we're, we're out on you know, the house I grew up in with all this acreage and we're, you know, and all that stuff's happening exactly the way that we heard it. And that was really cool for me this year because I got to, um, uh, I've struggled with trusting God because of some, some experiences I had that he's, he's worked me through. Um, and it was really cool this year to see God uh, come through on, on working on teaching me how to trust him more um, by by doing this kind of stuff, you know, like, hey, you know, giving us both this impression. I'm like, I have no idea how that's going to work out. Like, you know, I took a 50% pay cut to change careers. Like, how is this ever going to work? And it did. So that was cool. Those, so those are the two things I'd say is having a daughter and then having that experience of God. Um, uh, really, I feel like there's that's the big of many little times that God has been teaching me to to trust him more. You know, I think about the image of it. It's kind of like you went, you start 2022 on one way, but you come at the end of it and you suddenly have like this enormous, all these bags of some uh, things you didn't come into, like April and the house and all of the opportunity with livestock and everything. And I'm just curious when you leave this year with such full bags of things that, I mean, of course you expected April, but a lot of this is unexpected and stuff. As you reflect on that, what is it, what do you feel like this year in those blessings? Do you feel like God's revealed Himself to you, what, or His nature? What has He revealed? Yeah, um, you know, I think that it comes down to uh, to a really personal hard experience that I had where I uh, lost trust in God, and I've I've been um, that's been I think the biggest spiritual to use an overused word, spiritual journey that I've been on. But like, you know, is learning, uh, learning to trust him. And I think even that experience that I had had in my past, some of it that, that kind of shook that, um, 
I feel the Holy Spirit has told me, and I'm trusting that it, it is actually something that's going to galvanize my trust in him. But um, so ultimately, I think what, what he's trying to, to get through to me or what, what the purpose of some of that stuff is, is, um, is to learn to trust him. And not just to trust him that he'll do what I want, because that's not necessarily what it is, but to trust what, what it is that he wants um, because a lot of these things that I'm talking about right now that happened this year that were great and exciting were not things that I thought I wanted. They were, not, you know, it was not my plan. I never thought I would say, we got the opportunity to raise more of our own meat and livestock. And I mean, that would not have seemed like something that I would have wanted, but it's something that God has guided me and my wife into as being an interest. Um, same with having a second kid so soon, you know. I was, <laughs> when she told me she was pregnant, it was kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh, wow, <laughs> you just jumped into cold water, but it's all stuff that, that God has, um, uh, has changed my opinion on what I should be doing, and even the career change is nothing I would have ever thought I'd do, and so I think that, that it's learning to trust him and to trust, um, to trust that he has a plan that's better for me than my plan that I have for me. And that a lot of times my disappointment was the fact that he didn't check off on my plan. Um, wow. And so I think that, that learning to say, to, to truly say, I give up my plans and I'm just going to go with whatever you've got uh, has, has been a major part of it. They say expectation is the mother of frustration. <laughs> so careful, you know, with your own expectations. I think one of the things, answering your question about blessings, I think uh, most of my blessings when I think of them are related to people. Or maybe that talks about my personality more than anything, but it's the things I value most the older I get, you know, 48 years old on this, on this marble called Earth, and it's like, I value time. I had a great experience hunting with my 84-year-old father in the chilly woods of northern Wisconsin and my brother and his nephew. We just had great memories. We both harvested bucks. I got to drag my dad's out. He got to help me with mine. I'll never forget that, you know. And so there are blessings, but most of mine are related to just moments and memories with people I love and care about. Did you eat the heart? <laughs> So you're supposed to do you're I was, to take <laughs> I was dared to eat yeah, the heart, oh, but I'm on. like, this is not and my first buck. Your first one, maybe you eat the heart. Did you but. eat the first heart when they first buck? We, yes, after it was cooked. Okay. Not yeah. raw. I'm, this is not Braveheart or yeah. something. Lord, like of, king of Lord of the people flies. I, know, like, I, you know. <laughs> I did I was eat. expecting to hear, I did oh, eat yeah. the heart. And I bit right into that. I also did eat heart on that trip because one of the guys in our group shot his first buck. And so we, we did cook up the heart. The heart's not that bad, y'all. It's a muscle. It's just like most steak you eat. It's a muscle. You just gotta, you gotta put a lot of mushrooms and onions with it. And Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Mask flavor, it's not good flavor. Um, I would say that for me, 2020 is the year that I would remember as, if, to me, it feels like the year that I became a lead pastor. And I know that for me, the, the waters are muddy in that I was made acting pastor in 2021 and appointed officially by Foursquare in 2022, but I feel like 2022 was the year that, that that's, when, that's something I became. And I, I say became because it doesn't feel like it's a thing that you do. It feels like 
it's something you become. I don't know if that's how you felt. It's like Scott Calvin and Santa Claus, like Santa fell off my roof and suddenly I'm Santa, <laughs> but Paul fell off the roof. Um, but it's just, it's unique and there's, I don't know, there's, there's a weight about the mantle and so living with that and feeling that and, and operating with that is something that is unique and I think I'll remember this year as a year that I picked that up. For sure. What's the, I love this question and you kind of have it in some of the questions you set us up with, but if you were to go back to before this year or before even the appointed as the kind of the interim, what would you tell yourself? If you could tell yourself one thing, is there something you would tell yourself to as a warning or as a, as a wisdom proverb of like, Hey, this is something you're going to want to know. Um, I, I would say something that I've learned this year that, I, that I'm glad I learned it in the first year, but I, I wish I would have learned it at the beginning of the first year, is that uh, good administration is taking care of people. And so uh, it might... Can I get an amen? It, it might amen. feel like something not getting on the calendar and me spacing that is an administrative thing, but in pastoring and caring for people, those things matter. And I wish that I, that I would have been like, that I would have warned myself beforehand, you know, you need to take time every week to sit down and say what, what, what little boxes need to get ticked to serve people best. Because uh, it, is, it is people work, even when you're alone, and it's an Excel sheet or it's a Google Calendar spread. Uh, it, all, it all really matters. So I think that's probably something that I, I've learned it, and it's been very profound to understand. Because uh, in youth ministry, and uh, like youth leaders, they kind of just, it seems like they just want to show up and... Like, they don't need to know the plan. Like, they're like, I'll just, I'll show up. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, lead pastor is not doing youth ministry for, every, for older people and all ages of people. It's, it's a very different feeling role. And so anyway, that was something that uh, may seem mundane, I suppose, but that's the trick. Seems mundane is profound. So, uh, so uh, the, the first one, that's when we're all going to answer. I'd imagine maybe we won't answer all of them, but uh, I'd, I'd love to ask the next question. And those of you at home, if you, would, you have something you want to answer here, throw it in the comment section. Uh, what are a few ways God has surprised you with blessing this year? And I know it's 2023. I'm referring to 22. So, yeah. So a few ways God has surprised you with blessing in 2022. Well, I was definitely surprised by the fact that we found a home this year. We had been working to find a house for over five years, and it just seemed like every time um, the door just kept getting closed and it was closed again or it wasn't the right house or it didn't fit the parameters we were looking for or it was out of the budget or it was needed too much work. or So I felt like I had sort of given up on that um, possibility of moving closer to town, and I was like, oh, it's just not going to happen, and then finally I'm like, okay, Lord, you know when it's going to happen, so you just, you know, you let me know when it's time or when it when it's the right place, um, and I think that was really important for me to, uh, to learn that if I just give up the control, just like Ryan was talking about earlier, um, then it, he does it on his timing, and and it's always, it was a surprise to me because we really hadn't been looking quite so hard. And all of a sudden, boom, there's this house right in front of us. And I'm like, oh, really? Is this it? Is this the one? 
and then you have to hold your breath for a week and <laughs> make an offer and all those other parts that you know you worry about but it definitely was a surprise because it wasn't something I was actively looking for anymore it was I'd given it up to the Lord to put it on his timing and not mine and I think that was the biggest part for for me was okay when it's his timing it's always perfect and um it felt perfect. It was everything we wanted and didn't think we could get all of it. So that, to me, was awesome. Um, that was a surprise. That's why I put it in this category, because it was definitely a surprise. And uh, this year, I've also um, I've been doing all of the teaching for the preschool. And this year, I was like, you know, Melissa's doing so great. I think that I want her to teach, too. And I, that was hard for me to give that up because, you know, kind of a control freak a little bit. <laughs> and um, But it has turned out to be the best blessing for me and for Melissa. So that to me was a surprise how, how exciting it was to watch her grow and bloom and how exciting it was for me to feel a uh, release of some pressure. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I have time to do other stuff. What? <laughs> So again, that kind of felt like a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting it to be a blessing on so many so many different angles. You know, I kind of because of what Sam asked me about my surprise. I'm kind of curious. What do you feel like? Hopefully, I'm not jumping ahead and having you answer a question you're going to answer later. But what it, what's uh, what do you feel like God has taught you through that surprise, or you know what his his purpose was in teaching you, you mm -hmm. know, because there's there's all the other side stuff. But like, what do you think his his goal was in in surprising you with that this year? Um, I think with the house uh, again, it was just the giving up control was definitely where I needed a little bit more learning. <laughs> Um, but I think with school and giving up some of the teaching responsibilities, that was really cool for me because I got to see and be a part of someone else's growth, not just my own. And I think that might be the next thing that I'm, you know, you know how you always feel like, oh, there's one more thing God wants me to learn. <gasps> Here we are. And it was actually really exciting um, to be a part and to watch and to kind of help see something bloom and grow, not in me, but in someone else so close. Yeah. Yeah, and the development of leaders under your leadership is one of the clearest um, barometers, testing is showing that the quality of the a leadership anointing that you're jumping into and operating in, so bravo on that. That's it's a, that might be a bigger victory than you realize. <laughs> Probably, because God always does better things than we think he's doing, you know. So he sets the groundwork when he, you don't even know he's doing it. Yeah. So. Any other surprise by blessings? I suppose the men are ungrateful. <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. My husband's very grateful. He's just not up here. He got his dream, dream shop, like literally dream. Very so grateful. is is Craig? The question we're all wondering is: Is Craig like really mechanical? Is he good at fixing things, or is that more of like a glorified man cave where he watches like football or or what? Well, he's definitely got the TV down there for the football oh, for sure. But he does he can it. fix things. He begrudgingly fixes cars for our children. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but he likes to build things and was yeah, that woodworker. All surprises aren't good surprises. What was that? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this? Of the lessons, and, and those of you at home, this is a question for you as well in the comment section. Of the lessons God taught you this year, what do you think is the most teachable? Like you feel like you could teach that. God said it to you and you feel like it's something that is uh, a gift to other people that could hear it. So I'm curious to hear uh, what we think up here, that the lessons God taught you this year, what is the most teachable? Well, like I said earlier, it's um, letting go of control and trusting, not, not only in God, but the people around you, that um, he's placed people around you too, to help you out. So for me, it was a lesson of, hey, you don't have, you don't have to be that guy that does absolutely everything. You can, you know, you don't have to be good at everything. It's okay to lean on some other people, ask some questions, ask for help, because I've always, I've always been the fixer. I've always been the guy that just keeps going, you know, the best of, I've always strived to be the best at everything I do. That, that's, I, I don't, I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to just pass over it. I'm going to do something. I want to be the best at it, period. And I've learned that it's, it's, it's okay. I don't have to be. Um, there's, there's people around you that can, that are better at things than you. Ask them, lean on them. So yeah. it's been, it's been a huge learning experience for me in that aspect that I don't have to be the best. It's okay. God's, God is the best at everything. So I, I can lean on him and he knows, he knows who I need to, to reach out to, who I need to talk to, to, to get through things that I, that I really can't do. So. You know, if, if you don't mind me just hopping in as uh, having been a youth pastor as well um, for a while, um, what I saw with volunteers, because I would get volunteers that were ranges of ages and all that kind of stuff, and you know, I'm, trying, you know the, I'm just preaching to the choir, but you know, you get all these, these ranges of ages, ages and all these people, and having grown up in the church myself and gone to all these youth events, especially U-Turn and things like that, where it was all about being as cool as possible. And trying to compete with uh, with concerts where kids could go make mistakes. Instead, come here to the concert where you'll learn about Jesus. And seeing there's some benefit to that, but there's also a lot of emptiness that was in it. And um, and that really made me, when I was starting as a youth pastor, try and do some soul searching a bit of like, wow, like what is it? Like I got disenfranchised with it. A bunch of my friends got disenfranchised with it. And I'm one of the only ones that, that still believes in Jesus, you know? And, and, and what, uh, through school, through a whole process, something that God taught me, very much just like when you said that, it's like, oh, man, that's, that's, that was what, uh, what he taught me in that process is that you've got all these different age groups. You've got all these different people. You've got old, older people, not old, because yeah, <laughs> some people out there might know that they were the oldest volunteers I ever had. But, like... But I did, you know, I had older people, I had younger people, and I did, I did have a woman that would show up a couple of weeks uh, who was in her 90s <laughs> and hang out there, right? Um, and the most effective, deep ministry that I saw was when people were, were not trying to be cool or try to, to uh, fit themselves in some bracket that they thought the kids wanted, but they, they figured out how to be themselves to those people. And I would tell that to my staff. I'd say, hey, uh, if you're old enough to be their mom, be their mom. If you are old enough to be their aunt, their sister, their brother, 
their grandma, their great-grandma at 92, be their great-grandma, and don't try to be something else. You know, you don't have to be all those things. You just need to be, you need to be whatever. God puts you in there because he knows that, that Orion needs to be there. So don't be somebody else, you know. So God put that 90-year-old woman in that corner because kids needed that 90-year-old woman to talk to. Anyway, and that just, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's so exciting. It's Not so like cool. that. I answered that uh, question about what could I reteach. We've been going through um, at work trying to train some of the men at Teen Challenge. And so Teen Challenge has opened their doors for us to come in a couple times a month and, and just kind of help these guys that are going through. If you don't know what Teen Challenge is, it's a, it's a Christian faith-based drug and alcohol rehab center, you know, and it's got a 12-month program. It also has a 90-day program. So there's guys that are on a short stay, guys that are on a long stay. It's voluntary. Guys can come and go as they please. It's not like a prison, but guys want to be there. And sometimes if you've experienced anything, anyone that has addiction in their past or currently, uh, when they hit rock bottom, it, it may take two, three, four, or more times before it all of a sudden clicks and they're just done with it. And so we have people in our company that kind of have a, a, that in their past, and so we're sharing, helping them share their testimony of how they've come sober and a good life. But we, we're teaching purpose. We're, te we're helping them with assessments and, and ways to find what they're born with. Like God gives us all gifts. There's spiritual gifts. There's also like other things with our personality and with our gift set that kind of gives our life purpose. And when you identify purpose and help someone really clearly kind of see like, hey, these are things that I, I'm good at and I enjoy, then you can help them create a vision. Like what is your vision for you know, this year? And in breaking vision down into like small chunks, long term and short term, is really healthy and helpful. It determines some of your yeses and nos. And it helps you with your why. It's like, well, why do I do this? Well, this is because I, I was born to do this. I, I love encouraging people, inspiring people, equipping people towards personal and spiritual growth. That's my personal purpose. That's what I'm about. If your purpose is connected to good vision, then you can take the right action. So purpose with vision leads to the, the, the good action steps or right action. And I think that's something that we're trying to teach that I'm thinking to myself, I need more focus on my own personal vision and taking the right steps. And that's helped me with my yes or no exercise we talked about earlier. I'm curious with the guys who are leading through it, if they are having a more concerted effort to define vision and, and to take action, are they, are they feeling like in their own lives that you know, maybe they're moving forward in a way that they hadn't before? Did they feel like life's like their achievements are accelerating, their plans are accelerating? It's a double-edged sword. Okay. It's a great question. When you're going through something where you're finding some level of healing or personal growth, like uh, getting sober, mm -hmm. right? When you introduce something that's clear or as clear as they've ever heard it before about their future, now a lot of our purpose from lock buildings where I work is vocational training. So we're trying to help them find their purpose, what they're born with, what their passions, what their likes are, so that they can maybe transition to a job. Here's what we're finding out. Guys are getting excited about this purpose and vision and what actions they can take. The, the director called me uh, 
Friday and said, hey, I got a couple concerns. Guys are getting so excited, they're wanting to get out of the program and start headed in the direction that you've been training him. And so he goes, help me help the guys by saying, trust this process. You first have to go through getting clean and, and know what it is to, to stay sober and to have the right people around you and not go back to the environment that got you here in the first place. So trust the process of, of healing before you launch into taking action on the, your vision. So you, there's a time for everything. I think that's in the Bible somewhere in Ecclesiastes. And so basically it's like trust the season you're in and, and then trust the process. Um, and planning is good. I mean, Jesus basically was in a preparation period for 30 years before he entered full-time ministry. I mean, 40 years for Moses, right? And, and did I say 40 for Jesus or 30? Uh, good, good. I won't uh, get lightning bolts in church here. But anyways, that's what we're learning is some guys want to just kind of jump to the quick and easy and not go through the tough and hard lessons of just doing it the right way and getting clean first. You know, that reminds me too of David, right? You know, David is, uh, he's called to be king. He's anointed to be king. Um, and he's like, here we go. I'm, I'm like, I'm marrying the king's daughter. I'm living in the palace. I got this going on. And then it all falls apart because he needed that time out in the wilderness, roughing it, to become the man he needed to be to be the king of Israel. And I think we, it's kind of cool just when you say that. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly, you see it in the Bible in so many ways. And David had to really go through some rough stuff to be the man he needs to be. Those guys need to go through that stuff. We all need to go through some stuff so that when we get there, we're the person. We have the quality. We, you know, we have that, that development and formation. I think no matter what you're facing as a person, it doesn't need to be an addiction. But if there are things that you're, let's just call it adversity, there's things that are kind of a negative in your life and you're trying to kind of figure out how to get through it. Um, I think if you let it shape you, if you let God kind of ask the question, God, where are you in this? Why is this happening? And where can I kind of learn the lesson? Is there a lesson to learn, or is the lesson just avoid this behavior? Well, if you let it shape you to the point where you can learn something from it, then it's not a failure. It's just an opportunity to grow. And so uh, we all have lots of growth opportunities. Sometimes it's because we're idiots. Other times it's just that stuff happens, and we have to let it shape us and grow through it. I'm not a failure. I'm an opportunity creator. And people like me. <laughs> yes. Um, how did your relationship with God grow or change this year? Well, for me, um, my relationship with God has shifted from just God my teacher as God my partner. Like, closer. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't he's not just telling me things to do. He won't. You, you mentioned this in a, in a prayer for me, and it, it hits so, so close to home that God wants to sit down with me and do these things. He doesn't want me just to do them for him. He wants to be involved. And so it's, and I, I've seen that shift, and especially once I actually heard those words and realized what was happening, and it's, it's yes, it's, he's not, he is still my teacher. He's still my father, but he wants to be my partner. 
too. And it, so it's not just, it's not just me. He's, so it's, it's brought me a lot closer to him. And that's where that whole, able to be giving things up and letting go of some control because when you have your partner next to you who's the creator of all, he can take that control for you. And it's, it's been quite, it's been, it's been a surprising blessing, I guess. Actually, there's, there it is. Yeah. A hey, surprise blessing. You just answered question two. <laughs> I'm curious, that, that kind of partnership, how has that impacted you on an emotional level? I don't know how to answer that. Um, well, let's, uh, uh, how did it impact you on an anxiety level? Oh, yeah. Um, lots of stress relief on that one. Yeah. Like, once, once you realize that he has partnered with you and then that I can't even mess it up if I wanted to, like, <laughs> it's at that level of partnership, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't try to mess this up. He would find a way to fix it. That it's, it's okay. I, I can walk into situations. I can walk into things that I would never think I could do before and go on ahead and get them done because it's, it's not just me. So, yeah, anxiety levels way down so yeah. it's it, and that's allowed me to be able to set time aside to actually work on things to be with him because before it was such a high anxiety level that i couldn't even i couldn't stop i had to keep going i was busy right so now i'm able to just go ahead okay i can set this time slot aside for just this and it's okay yeah. Wow. so yeah i think in that in so many words you experience that you're yoked together with him so you take the yoke on, it's easy, and the burden is light. I know for me this year, how I feel like it transformed was in silence. I feel like God's been working on me to, to go into silence more often, and not just silence with this expectation of I'll go into it, and then God will speak, but treating God not like, like a, someone you text message, but it, God being so great, so real, so present, that it is, it is sufficient to be with him and for it to be just completely quiet. And I'll say this, it, it started out, it still at times feels deeply unsettling uh, to be quiet, because you're not doing anything. You're just, you're just sitting there, and, and you're, you're like, okay, I, I, all right, I got, I got my two minutes of silence, I'm done, but then to sit there for another eight minutes, make it a full 10, uh, it's a challenge. And, uh, and it's not just a thing of silent meditation, it really is the sense of like, I'm sitting in God's presence, and I'm sitting there quiet, and God is quiet, and it ends quiet often, and I don't feel like I necessarily hear something really clear from the Lord, and it's very new and it's unique, but the Lord is still meeting needs that I would say up until that point were uncovered, sort of this human need for silence, and so it's been, it's been kind of my newer thing. Have you felt a big impact with that over the long run as far as... Uh, um, like any personal growth or anything from that, or it definitely or? it changes a sense of identity. I would say to where you, like you look at yourself different. That instead of feeling like you, um, you're, you're the agent to get all these things done, you feel a little bit like you're this little itty bitty speck sitting next to a tornado. You know that that God is so great and grand. I don't know. There's a there's a grandeur that you that I leave with in, out of coming out of silence. That it's like He's so big and He's so great. He doesn't have to say anything and He can still. Um, transform your soul and transform your day. And that's changed how I see him. And I'd say that's, that's impacted my life more globally. Yeah. 
So I got one that I think is a, is a good one for all of us. I think everyone could answer this one, uh, though uh, not everyone has to, and all of you at home, I'm sure you've got one for it. If you went back in time to the beginning of 2022, what advice would you give yourself? Don't invest in cryptocurrency. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> CTX got you, huh? <laughs> My husband will love this, but listen to him and don't offer so much money <laughs> on the house we bought. Oh, yeah. It's on tape. Listen to my husband. Okay, yeah. Hands of victory in the air. Uh, slow down. Mm. Just... While you're back at the beginning of 2022, find me and give me the same advice. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> deal. We'll do this. I think mine would be um, uh, relax and trust God. Mm-hmm. And trust God with your lack of trust for God. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's a little bit of the help me in my unbelief. <laughs> yeah. I believe, Lord, help me in my unbelief, right? Yeah. yeah, I would say, look, trust God, including trusting God with the fact that you asked him to help you with your lack of trust. I would tell myself, take really good care of people and everything else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Just focus on the people mm-hmm. around you. And whether it's those you love or those that you you know, don't love, but you work with or interact with at the stores and restaurants, just take good care of them. God loves them deeply. And so, yeah, it's kind of like live in the moment, kind of that carpe diem kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's something worth reflecting as we think about this particular question is that after we've experienced the whole year, that's how we feel about it. That's how we feel about 2022. That's how we feel about our experiences, and that's what we, how we wish we would have lived more through it. Um, and I would imagine that at the end of 2023, you may feel the same way. And maybe that's good advice that now this is a good year to slow down, to trust God more, to invest even more in people, because that will remain true. And at the end of the year, uh, we'll probably still be giving ourselves the same advice. Uh, what consumed you in 2022 that you would like to leave behind? I do have an answer for this. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Here we go. Answering my own question. Uh, I would, you know, there's, I, I read once the, the analysis of nightmares and what they mean. So teeth falling out is a sense that your appearance, people either looking at you a certain way, you really feel like your appearance is bad. Tidal waves are usually a person is encapsulating a feeling of like incoming disaster. There's something beyond my control I can't stop. It's usually people with high anxiety. I have this one dream, and I wouldn't call it a nightmare, it's just a highly anxious dream that I constantly dreamed all year long that I was somewhere about to do something really critical and I was entirely unprepared for it. I can't tell you how many nightmares I've had that I'm sitting right there and I realize at the end of Brad's song, I'm gonna get up and give a sermon, this is my dream, and I haven't prepared a thing. And and that, that happens over and over again, I didn't write a sermon, I didn't write a sermon, or I've had dreams I'm speaking at a conference, I'm not prepared at all, and I'm gonna have to just get out there and just blah. Um, and I, I realized that I've spent far too much time being consumed with something unexpected coming uh, and trying to prepare for something unexpected. 
And so it, out of anxiety, it's like I wanna prepare for everything. I wanna have all my stuff ready to go. And it's been a year and it's come to the end of it and I haven't had this moment where it was like, oh no, like the chickens have come home to roost and I'm not ready for this. Uh, and so I want to not be consumed with the fear of unpreparedness, uh, to live with a little bit more faith and to leave that, that, con that consumption behind and quit having the uh, anxiety dreams. What, what do the dream uh, people say about flying and then losing the ability in mid-flight and coming down to earth, but then stopping right before you crash and regaining your ability to fly? Anything heard, about that? So when I read the same thing, there is an analysis for when you want to do something, you can't do it. Like someone breaks into your home and the gun doesn't work or you can't fly and you really want to, the car won't start. It's usually a feeling of self-insufficiency that you aren't enough to do what you want to do. And it's like your anxiety is playing out in, I want to witness to my neighbor, I want to get the promotion at work, but I can't do it, and that fear will replicate itself in your half-sleeping mind. Now this, this is not theology, folks. This is, this is the best of psychology. So anyway, for, for the what it's worth department, maybe you have feelings of self-insufficiency. If, if the flight isn't working. Totally nailed it, totally nailed yeah. it. All right, you're good, you're good. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, any other dreams I could, if, Please post your dreams in the comments below for the pastor's interpretation. Yeah, read the book of Daniel. Revelation might help you as well. I, I put down, it's not what consumed me, it's what I consumed. Lots of pizza and pasta. And so I want to leave behind about 30 pounds. Okay. Personally, um, if I could just do that in one day, that'd be awesome. But for me, on a serious note, I'm leaving, I want to leave behind just stressing about finances. I think that's one of the lessons that I had learned as well is just uh, don't, don't stress, like just trust and having a, a, an occupation now that I have um, basically like in sales, you have some of your salaries connected to how well you're doing and what you're selling. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been in that kind of a career before. And so it was a lesson on trusting God and just doing the little things and doing your, your job, your work and letting God then do his. And his timings is his timing's always perfect when it comes to the finances. That's what I'm learning. But I want to leave behind the stressing of you know, waiting or wanting or looking at the accounts and wanting it to be where you want it to be and just trusting God for it's going to be fine. I can totally relate to that. Uh, this year there was a lot of stress with money, you know, having a house and then two houses and then having to pay two mortgages and, ah, and then, yeah, I want to leave behind that that stress also of uh, financial instability. Yeah, that was something that I didn't realize how much it weighted on me um, until, you know, three, four months in having two mortgages and you're like, I know I'm trusting God in this, but why can't I sleep? <laughs> why, why am I so uptight? Why, why, why? And I think it was unconsciously, I was, even though I said I was trusting God, sometimes in my heart it was hard to, um, actually feel that, you know, and, and not pick up on the anxiety and the stress of those things. So I want to turn my head knowledge into heart feelings a little bit more when it comes to that. I'm curious, what habits, I mean, for bo both of you have shared on this, uh, what habits do you feel like stoke anxiety about those kind of things, stoke the, the worry of finances and the things you talked about? I'd say it's the thought of like my family not having needs met or the thought of losing a house or home or you know 
So I think it's more about my concern as provider and protector of family leads to then my anxiety of like, Lord, come on, like I'm trusting you here. Do I need to do more? Do I need to do some pickup work, you know, work on the weekends or what, what do you want me to do? I'll do it, you know, and it, it wasn't to the point where it was drastic, but I think um, it's a trust issue. And uh, I, I mean, I also felt God tell me, expand your giving, you know, whether it's to the church and to other people and missionaries we support. It's, he's like, I want you to give more. And that through that exercise, oh, I learned, I learned a lot. So being obedient to that and then having a wife that we kind of are on the same page, we're like, we're going to do this. And it's just, we feel God's doing it. And then God does seem to really teach you a lesson there. I can say when I would recount the story of, oh man, yeah, it's been four months and we're paying two mortgages and uh, and that just sort of would heighten all that anxiety. But what I should have been saying was, you know, it's been four months and we're still paying two mortgages, but God's making it work. Mm. It's like I needed to come at it from a different perspective because we weren't in need. We were, were making it and we weren't scrimping. I mean, it's like I could recount the story in two different ways and I got to choose the grateful way. Yeah. yeah, I totally know what you mean. I once got $1,800, there's like miracle money, and I was like, wow, what are we going to do with this? And then we had an unexpected hospital bill for exactly 1800 And it, you almost feel at first like, where are you, God? And like, oh, wait, no, that's right. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He provided a head. I know. I just spent the 1800 twice and my head is off. Um, I think you guys want to answer the, uh, what consumed you in 2022 you want to leave behind? I I would, in full honesty, I would say politics. Okay. Yeah, I think I got um, the whole election year. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I I am constantly being convicted by the Holy Spirit to back off on politics. That that's not what I am called to. I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not. Uh, this, you know, Jake. Some people are called to that, and you are not. You are called to to. Uh, speak to people no matter what their political stance is. But um, I found myself just spending more time on my news app than spending time with God in the morning and then finding myself angry at everybody. <laughs> just angry in the car, angry, you know. And I think um, if I spend more time with God and less time in that, I'm going to start concerning myself about the things that God's concerned about where if I'm spending my time in the news, I'm concerned about what everybody else is concerned about. And I think that um, that it's also very similar to Peter walking out on the water and looking at the waves, you know? Uh, if I get caught up looking right and left <laughs> and getting upset about that kind of stuff, I found that it, it uh, Jesus pulled me out of it multiple times, but it derailed some stuff with me because I got so caught up in it. And, um, and I think that, that when those sensitive things show up, that, that the politics kind of encase itself around, if I'm coming at it from that perspective, then I'm just adding more to encasing that problem. But if I spend time with Jesus, then 
when that problem comes up, when somebody is bringing up a situation or something that's encased in politics and you spend time with Jesus, you find yourself getting through that and speaking to the heart of the person that you're talking to. And so I found that, uh, that when I would give myself over to it, I was more likely to hurt people, offend people, and not be, um, and not speak God, God's truth to them or God's heart to them. And the more I backed away, the more God would bring people into my life that were wrestling with these political issues, and I was able to speak to them as Jesus would. So I think I want to leave behind getting so caught up in that. And I would rather spend more time with God so that I'm concerned with what he's concerned with. That's good. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way of thinking about it. If you're wondering what consumed you, it might just be the place you turn to to center yourself more than you might have turned to the Lord uh, at times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Not all the time, but at times. Yeah. Well, I want to read something. Um, Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was looking at verses about looking at life through a hopeful lens or a, a uh, peaceful lens. <clears throat> I really had my, my pick of the litter because there are so many verses that make us, um, that give us an understanding or, or thought that hope and, and peace should be ours almost by birthright as belonging to Christ, and yet so often we don't feel that way. Uh, we don't feel hope and joy about the future. And so I'm curious to, to you, a uh, question to you all is, what would you say to someone who is not excited about 2023, but they're in fact dreading the year ahead? I know when I find myself looking ahead and being either fearful or um, unhappy about what I think is coming um, for me, I need to stop and uh, quiet myself, and then I need to look at it from a different perspective. So go back to you know being grateful, because um, even in times that are that seem difficult and hard, there's you know God meets your needs in unexpected ways, and I think sometimes I need to remember to stop and where do I see God in this, even though it's awful and terrible. What's What's the, what's the good part? Because there always is one. It's just sometimes we can't see it because we're so focused on the bad. Um, but being, trying to find a way to be grateful or, or have some gratitude for what's already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that helps me to change my perspective. And then when I do look ahead, I'm a lot more open to, oh, even if there's bad stuff, there's still good things that I can be grateful for in the midst of. Enjoy the moment that you're in now, not tomorrow has its own worries. Let tomorrow worry about itself. I'm kind of cliche, I guess, a little bit, but it's, it's something it's that, memorable. Yeah, so it's, it's something that I try to do myself of just, you know, when you start looking too far to the future and and worrying about it, it's like, well, just just bring this back to this moment right here in front of me, and let's worry about this right now. We'll let that worry about itself later. So, just mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, when I think of sections of scripture like this, where it talks about hope and joy and trusting God, um, 
sometimes we have this idea, especially in our culture for some reason, that, uh, that you know, Christians are people who have everything. Uh, they're, they're, they're wealthy. They're in a good financial, you know what I mean? There's that kind of idea that that's, that's the only type of people that believe in God. And as soon as you have a bad experience, you realize there is no God. You know, that's kind of the attitude. Uh, but these scriptures were written to people who were suffering in ways that none of us over here suffer <laughs> for their faith. And we're looking at some scary stuff ahead of them. And they're being told to have joy, have peace. And I think uh, so often our perspective is so grounded in, um, in what's going to happen in the time that we're living here in this body that we have at the moment um, as being the ultimate story. You know, how did you live? How did you die? That's the ultimate story is whether your life was good and successful or not. And these Christians who are facing the possibility of dying tomorrow for their faith and facing poverty and facing mistreatment, they were able to find joy because what they were able to grab onto about the hope that God gives us uh, transcends this experience, this life that we have. And so I think that um, going into... Our, our lives with an internal mindset of understanding that, that, <clears throat> that our hope isn't that this next 80 years is going to be great or 90 years is going to be great or whatever it ends up being, um, but to understand that they, there will be because God's there, God loves you, and God brings Eden and brings that, that renewed uh, relationship with God and that hope in this life now, um, but it's imperfect and it's broken, and that the hope is actually... Uh, an eternity after that is just as real and tangible as what we have now. And I think of people who experience trauma and then something miraculous happens and saves them out of that trauma, somebody will say, oh, that's a sign of God. Then somebody experiences that trauma and something miraculous doesn't happen and they die. Then people say, well, that shows there is no God. But if there is such a reset in our future, then then the same part of us that says, wow, yes, that person experienced a horrible trauma, but God came through, it's a sign of God, will in that day when, when the resurrection happens, will say, oh, see, it's a sign of God. This, everything was made up for. All the misery, everything that we've experienced has been made up for. And, uh, and so I think looking, looking at life that way is how the church who was persecuted found joy and peace in, in imminent misery sometimes. And how we can find joy and peace is that eternal mindset. Yeah, I think when we're going through like times that we are dreading tomorrow and that we're struggling, it's real. We all struggle, all of us. It doesn't matter who you are. You will face trials and troubles in this life. I think the, the, if you look back at the scripture that Sam read in Romans 15, it it says that you're going to overflow with hope by not your circumstances. You're not going to overflow with joy and hope because of your status and bank account and your family, but it'd be of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the key here. If you're dreading tomorrow, if you're, if you're overwhelmed and, and it's starting to close in the darkness, it's well, where's your focus? You know, where's your focus? And is it on... The Lord, is it on Jesus? I, I think the way I answered this question originally was taking a quote from John Gordon's book from the Energy Bus, where he, he talks about this power of positivity, and he says, um, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. 
Because if you're anything like me, I listen to my fears. I listen to my complaints. I listen to my doubts plenty. But what I have to learn to do is talk to myself with positive words, with scripture, with verses, with what I know is truth from God's word. And when I fill myself and I arm myself with those truths and I am talking to myself and saying the right things, it shifts my, my perspective of tomorrow. And in, 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 the, in the Old Testament, Nehemiah was tasked, he was given a burden by God on his heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, God's holy city. And in the midst of calling people to the task of rebuilding the walls of this beautiful city that was pillaged and plundered, and they're trying to like fight off other tribes while they're building the wall. And Nehemiah says this phrase that I think we can all learn from uh, as we go through challenges. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. And it's like the what of the what? He's saying, listen, this is not easy. And our lives are on the line. And we're, we're, we're doing some stuff here for a reason. Don't forget your why. Like the joy of the Lord, God will give us joy and that will be our strength. Not our circumstances, not our bank account, not other things in this world. But focus in the joy of the Lord. And so remember your why and don't worry about tomorrow, but just stay focused and fuel yourself with positive, encouraging, biblical truth. Yeah, I think we all, we all see, a, I think we're in agreement a lot on that one. For me, I was thinking about this as well, and I thought it's like a, it's the, it's the factor of inside anxiety and outside anxiety, inside being the majority of it, that it it stirs up from within us on a, on a worrisome night. Most of the strain we deal with is our own worry. Mm-hmm. And we stress about the fact that we're worrying and it builds and it grows. And it's, it's kind of like, have you ever been in a room and a highly anxious person walks in and they, they make the room anxious and people become anxious because of the way that they impact and then more people and it, it accelerates. I, I think in the year ahead, we could be a person to where we allow God to change the inside of us, the, the peace that's within us as we grow in our discipline to trust him more and change the way that we see things, to take time to address our thoughts and not just run from them and, and, and justify the anxieties we run from, but to face it with faith with God, that we would be different and we would be like ice cubes in a hot cup, that as we go into 2023, we would cool down the atmosphere where we go and peace would go there because it's riding within us and on us in the places that we go. Uh, that it could be very different than how you expect it uh, as you thrive on the inside. And that, that takes that time. It takes the discipline of it. And there's also the outside factor. There's the factor that it, 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 there's things on the outside that can, that can come in that are outside of our control that can make, sh- make us anxious. And my biggest lesson I talked about, one of my biggest lessons from last year was silence. And I would encourage you, if you feel like anxiety is overwhelming, to go find a quiet moment. Allow me to be your prophet of silence, <laughs> to go somewhere, get away from the noise, get away from the motion. On your drive home, go away that you normally don't. Stop the car and shut it off and, and just sit there for a moment and listen to it because it's like hearing God's slower heartbeat, his slower rhythm, the, the rhythm of his creation. It slows us down too. And we realize that things aren't buzzing as fast as we feel like they are and we stop buzzing too fast. And so I think that there's something to be said for taking control of it, realizing that some of it's gonna come from the environment so we can change our environment. 
So I think there's this inside-outside factor of growing in that faith and getting away with it. And so, uh, yeah, I think that uh, a lot of wisdom shared on that one. So thank you, guys. Well, uh, I'd like to, to close us in prayer. And uh, I would say send us home, but you're already home. <laughs> uh, uh, but... Uh, if you have any prayer needs of any kind, you can go to the website. There's a prayer thing if you want to share it confidentially. If you're not the confidential prayer requester, you can put it in the comments and we'll be praying for you. Uh, but I want to pray for us as we uh, take off for uh, this day. Lord, I thank you that uh, even if we're all in separate rooms, we are all still in uh, those kingdom hall with you. That we did have koinonia this morning. We had fellowship with each other and with you. And so Lord, I pray this morning that uh, this church that you have built, Living Way Fellowship, would be uh, strengthened as we have had time to sit around, reflect on the year ahead, to think about the things we'd want to remember ahead of us and what was behind us. God, I pray that your truth would ring through more than anything. Lord, would we have breakthroughs that at the end of 2023, we would think about the ways that you took an ax to our anxiety, the way that you brought an end to uh, the habits that ate away at us, the way that you uh, changed our lives in surprising ways, the things that we made no New Year's resolution, and yet you showed up, and by the end of the year, we said, look at the amazing thing God did. Lord, we open our lives to you. Give us the discipline to give you the time for it. Give us the cooperation to have faith with you in it and to do this next year with you. I thank you, Lord, for uh, this moment, this opportunity to share and talk with this staff, and I pray that you'd bless this day. In your name we pray, amen.